I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to return after a few weeks holiday to be back in the hosting seat talking about all fine Rangers. A very well-deserved breakaway for Rangers, if I do say so myself. Uh, tonight we're going to have a wee look over the, the highlights of, um, as the show title says, an anticlimactic AGM and touch on some of the transfer rumours that are circulating ahead of the return of Rangers and Michael Beale's first game in charge on Saturday at home by a Leverkusen. Here to join me tonight, um, as always, our foreign co- correspondent in the dark tonight, David Tomlinson. Yeah, sorry, we bit in the dark. My, my electrician was in today and uh, he's uh, he, although he's got the lights on another part, he seemed to have missed this room. And it's, it's too cold. I've got heating in this room, but I've not got heating in the other bedroom yet. So uh, I, I decided just to do it a wee bit in the dark. So but, uh, a wee bit different from wine in your backside in the sun drinking beer. Eh? It's, uh, <laughs> it's good to have you back. Oh, no. Uh, it's good to be back talking about Rangers, but it's no good to be back in the cold. Um, I thought you were in darkness as maybe some sort of symbolic gesture as to how the AGM went, but just a dodgy Dodgy Sparky. <laughs> I can't say too much, brother-in-law. <laughs> well, we'll leave that at that then. Also joining <laughs> us um, from the um, the sunny sites of Wovian, Davy Pollock. How are you, Davy? I'm smashing, Colin. Good to see you back. <clears throat> Hale, how's your suntan? It's washed off already, so it is. Um... <laughs> it's now in the bath. It's a ring in the bath. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a darker shade of blue. Yeah, well, we're now only two days away from uh, things commencing, so I think uh, Saturday will just be a run out for us. A few players, eh? it's going to be a, a team first half, a team second half, but 
we should get some clue as to uh, what Michael Beale has in store for us. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. As I was just saying off air, um, I was well ready to have a wee break away for Rangers, but now it's always the same. Um, after two weeks, I'm just itching to get back to Ibrox next Thursday um, at home to Hibs. Um, as always, thank you to all the listeners watching um, across the globe, live on YouTube. Get your comments in. We'll be talking through some of the highlights or lowlights from last night's uh, or yesterday's AGM. Um, as always, get your questions in and we'll chat through them as we go along. Um, just a wee quick off the top, um, if you can give us a wee like or subscribe wherever you're getting your, your podcast, um, we've got a massive you know, a, a massive following um, over the last couple of months on YouTube. Um, it's really helped the podcast grow. So if you can find us a like or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So without further ado, um, we're not going to run through every resolution and every every point made at the, the AGM. Um, but David Thompson, I'll start with you first. Um, probably one of the big, big main points, um, Douglas Park remains as chairman. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Um, it was a vote, I think he got 73% of the vote, so still a big majority, but probably quite a sizable um, sizable chunk showing their discontent with him. Yeah, well, it's um, it was just a protest vote, really, wasn't it? Uh, I, I don't know, don't think King ever thought that he would actually get him removed. I think it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> I'll say, use it, use it to my, to come across, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll make you a curry. <laughs> Aye, for the uh, for the um, the non-viewing listeners, uh, Curry Munchers started a um, GoFundMe uh, to release David T from captivity. So, uh, <laughs> get your pounds in there. Sorry, David, on you go about the the chairman. Yeah, um, I don't think it was ever uh, in doubt that he would get through. It was just a, a protest vote, and I actually, I actually thought he might, he might. Have more against them than seventy than uh, seventy three. He got seventy three percent, so that was twenty seven. I think uh, quick my quick arithmetic. Uh, it's not really a lot, is it? It's really just King and probably uh, eighteen seventy two. Eighteen seventy two vote. Yeah, so not a lot. Not not really a lot. They didn't really get a lot of other people on their side, did they? No, and. I'm not really surprised at it. Um, I think there has been growing discontent about the board um, and off-field matters off, um, at the club for the last few months. But David Park, I think the big thing for me was there's no clear successor who you who you go in. So I wasn't surprised to see Douglas Park voted back in. No, the voting out the chairman on his own is 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 never going to happen. You, you just don't have the share block to do it. And, and David's right, you know, it was the Dave King shares which voted against him through RST. So it was never going to happen. But I think the fact that uh, he has only 73%, you know, all that it was designed to do and all that it did was just put a shot across his bows, you know, saying we're not all, it's not all sweetness and light here with uh, Douglas Park. So he didn't get a, you know, a free run. So he was, he was, the, the message was delivered to Douglas Park. You know, there are there are people out there who aren't happy with you, Douglas. So that was all they were ever going to achieve, and and they did it. 
Yeah, but I think Davey, I, I think I think it'll King will be disappointed he didn't get more people on his side because I think uh, the board will actually be thinking, yeah, it was King and Club eighteen seventy two. They're they're two hands together, you know. That's uh, they work they're, they work together. So I, I think the, the board will actually be quite pleased at that. I, I think. Uh, I, in fact, I think they'll be jumping for joy that it's just King because they, they knew that King was against them. So. I mean, I th- but I, I honestly don't think Dave King made a play for a regime regime change, because had he done that, he would have had to have lobbied other blocks of shares, so that when you go in, <clears throat> you never fight a battle. You you won't you don't you know you're going to lose. So Dave King would have had his ducks in a row prior to the AGM if he was serious about regime change, <clears throat> and it would have been sweeping them all out Douglas Park, and all the others would have gone. It's not going to be uh, just the, the, the chairman you're going to remove. So I don't think that was ever, ever a serious attempt by Douglas, uh, by Dave King, to bring about a regime change because all he's done is just, it was a token gesture, you know, that we're not all, all it's not all sweetness and light with you, Douglas. And, and I think he made that point. If he would have had to put months of work in advance to that before that AGM, just as he did when he took over in 2015. You know, knowing that it lobbied, you know, various blocks of shares to make sure that when they got to the AGM vote, they had enough that it was touch and go at that time, but it was never a serious attempt to remove Douglas Park. So, just we're not going to go through everything resolution by resolution, and there is some questions coming into the comment section that I do want to touch on, um, but. Just on, and this isn't the sexiest stuff to um, speak about, like the share issues and stuff, but one thing that was really interesting was Resolution 8, where basically in layman's terms as, well, for what my my basic brain um, understands it as, um, the board can now issue new shares and this, a new share issue um, would dilute existing shareholders, so I think the majority of vote against that was Dave King and Club 1872. So when we go out with a new share issue, they will need to they will need to invest just to keep the keep keep afloat at the same same level of shares that they've got. So uh, David Thompson, I'll, I'll come to you in that first. Um, I think the idea of significant fan ownership um, has been. I, I don't think there's been very many fans against the idea of it. The the pragmatism and the reality of who the fans are, how we're represented, that's a different story. But David Thompson, in terms of Club eighteen seventy two and what this AGM means for them, do you think their their dream of getting that significant shareholder is dwindling away? Well, I think it does two things. They either stick with getting Dave King shares or they invest in new shares. And it looks like King's uh, shares and, and Club 1872 shares are, are going to be go down. So they've really got to, to go with getting new shares, which is, uh, which is yeah, as I say, it's going to stop them buying Dave King shares. And I think that's uh, what the board are really looking for, to, to do that, to try and stop them. I, I, I personally, I mean, I, I hope they get, I, I wouldn't mind them getting a lot of shares, but I'm, I'm not really into uh, fans being on the board, because I, I think it's uh, a lot of people are not. You can see with Club eighteen seventy two the the amount of friction it's cost already. You can see with the with the people that they, they go to the the press shows, 
the friction that causes uh, other people thinking, yeah, oh, why him and why this? I, I'm not really that that positive about the, about the fans actually being on the board. So I'm I'm not against I'm, I'm against that a wee bit, but um, no, I, I, as I say, it's doing two things. It's cutting. Uh, cutting a rope between Dave King and, and 1872 if they want to, to keep up with their shares. And I think they've got to, really, if they want to go for it. Davey, I think, given what's happened the last 10 years, I, I think there's a bit of a comfort having um, fan representation on it. And again, it's the practicality of it is far away from the ideology. It's all nice and well saying it in theory. Um but I think the big thing for me with this resolution where we're going to, we're clearly going to issue new shares, that opens it up to outside investors, um, which is all nice and well when you think about all the lovely new toys we can go and get. But that also opens up to the risk um, that you can get charlatans coming into the club. And hopefully nowhere near as bad as what we've seen over the last 10, 20 years. Um, but how much, how how cautious should we be on that. I think we should be very cautious, Colin, because what you should do is go on go on YouTube and have a look at Barcelona's AGM. Look at have a look at Bayern Munich's AGM, where they have sizable fan ownership and, and how raucous things get. What we had the other day was a picnic in comparison to, to what really happens. And I don't mind there being a difference of opinion, you know, and amongst because when they're unaccountable, which our, our current board currently are, and, and the votes have just reflected that, so they, they, they're not that open to alternative views. And and from some of the answers that they gave at the Q&A, only reinforced that for me, that they, they're pretty much untouchable. They know that. And the, the, the Rangers fans at arm's length, uh, they're pretty much comfortable with that. You could see how uncomfortable they were you know, having to ask questions, you know, from guys on the floor. And the, the whole, the, I mean, they just wanted to be anywhere else but behind that table or on that stage. It was, And that, for me, is not a good thing because I think where we ended up in 2012 was a, was a direct result of, of David Murray being answerable to no one. Whereas I think the, the range of support and VRST or whatever vehicle we use, they need to be in there asking questions of these people to say, why are we doing it this way? Is that is this the correct way? You know, for the future, for five years, ten years, fifteen years, I've got no problem. In fact, I, w- I would say that is absolutely required for for the health of Rangers, because when it's uh, when these people are untouchable, we're on the road to hell, as we've as we've found out previously. And David Heard made a very good point that I shared earlier um, and and the show um, around David uh, Douglas Park. Sorry, has. He has played his part in the in the rise again of the club, and he definitely does. I do think he does have a part to play, but he's probably not that figurehead that we've seen with Dave King, and that's probably leads to a bit of the disconnect that we see. So in the AGM, so it, it comes across as lack of accountability, but it's it's probably just we don't have that connection to Douglas Park the same way we did have Dave King, um, and it's probably the same as. Uh, if we think about the chairman being an outlet to the media as well, it's no, it's no quite that spearhead. Is it, they're unaccountable. They don't do communication because that that this was a that the, you look at the level of the questions people were asking. 
And that, for me, is just sends alarm bells ringing in terms of the, the ongoing communication the Rangers board have with the Rangers support. When we get to an AGM, we should be dealing with far higher issues than, you know, whether the Gibson family can sit together, you know, because they've got three season tickets and only two of them are, are sitting together. And and we had, we were treated to David, to Stuart Robertson, to, you know, this, and it just sounded like the bowling club saying, oh, I've, I've heard you, you know, I'll see you after this. So all that just sends out the signal that, see, you've got a problem with Rangers. You don't need to phone anyone else. You just go to Stuart Robertson, he'll sort it. So, and it just the whole thing just smacked of pure amateurism. And I thought, really? And Stuart Robertson, I actually wrote this down. Here was his quote, you know, from, from one of the, in defence of Bisgrove, I think it was. No, it was in defence of Ross Wilson. He says, this is what he said, we have got systems and structures and processes in place, and it's miles away from where we used to be. And then when someone asked them, why, why do we have three season tickets and we can't sit together? And Stuart Robertson's answer was, come and see me at the end. And you're thinking, good God, good God. You know, so I thought the whole thing, that Q&A thing was just a disaster. Shambles. It's, it's a really, it's a really tough one. Um, the, these shareholders pay their money and hold their shares. Uh, so they're entitled to speak about what's important to them. I've got an idea of what I think should be discussed at AGM, just like you guys will have an idea of what should be discussed at AGM, but at the end of the day, we're all entitled to our own opinions. But um, I think we get questions, I guess, every year. Oh, I bought a hot dog two weeks ago and it was stale, and then we've got that... Um, that COVID question was nuts as well. <laughs> so what, what, do you, what do you say to that? Colin, Colin the, there should be channels of communi- communication between the support and the board out with the AGM where these, these issues can be dealt with. That's That was, you know, we shouldn't yeah. be getting to the AGM and, and, and go through some of that nonsense. It was absolute drivel. And and the, the guy who gave the game, the game away was James Bisgrove. When James Bisgrove tells us that we've got 52,000 members of my jails, and then he's, he's telling us, oh, quite recently, and I think it was one of the guys on the floor who actually reminded them, that we recently had a, a, a poll of people who were wanting to make suggestions from the MyJares members as to what sort of merchandise we, they would like to see in the shop. 15 people were in attendance. So 15 people out of 52,000, you know, were, were going to tell James Bisgrove what sort of merchandise. That That's the level of communication that we have 52,000 people paying £40 each, you know, over £2 million quid for 15 of them to then tell James Bisgrove what sort of merchandise. That's the level of communication. That's totally unacceptable, Colin. Totally unacceptable. Dave, sorry, can I come in on that? Because there was another part of that that there was 15 people, as you say, but they had agreed to set up a, a party to investigate what merchandise people would want. And the boy that asked the question had never heard anybody. And Bisgrove only said, oh, I've been in touch with um, Castor. There's never been a party set up to investigate. And that's that, that's yeah. a, a bigger problem as well. Yeah, so I mean, what, what is... 2,000 people in a hall. I, I can understand that. You do get people that want to work. But... Once you, you say you're going to set up a, uh, an investigative uh, group, then you should do that. You shouldn't just 
then go your own way and, and, and sort things out with Castor yourself? No, that that's well. He should be he should be representing the Rangers fans when he goes to Castor. So she should have an idea what the Rangers fans would like to see before he goes to speak to them. But that should be happening across a range of issues at Ibrox between the support and the board. None of it happens, which is why we end up at the AGM when people start asking questions as to, you know, why what is my jails all about? When it's all it is is a money making. Well, I, I hesitate to use the word scam, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's a scam because they've got over £2 million for what exactly? Just to distribute tickets? Because that's all it boils down to, really. And, and it's it's just a nonsense. Nonsense. So there's a few questions coming in for the, the listeners, gents. I kind of want to run through. There's a few um, actual footballing questions um, about some of the rumours going on and some of the questions directed at Ross Wilson. But I think we'll choose... Touch on the off-field stuff, just um, just while we're on it. So, David Thomason, I'll stick with you. So, there's a few questions here for Alex Kelly. I'm just sharing on the screen, but I'll kind of run through a couple of the points. So, Alex, is he's bringing up the questions that weren't asked at the AGM. And just as we've touched on there, there's a lot of stuff that weren't asked. But for me, it's really disappointing that even though they weren't asked, they weren't addressed the, the club know this is a, a big talking point with a, a section of the support because I don't want to, I don't want to speak for everybody in the range of support. We all care about different matters at different levels. But the first one, the the Australian friendly David T. So given the board are putting themselves in the limelight, I under for a selfish point of view I can understand why they've just not addressed it at all because it, there's no way any any presentation they give on this or any update they give on that, they're not going to come in a good light at all, are they? No, that's it. But I'm I'm still surprised that nobody nobody asked it. But I really, I mean, I I'm, I'm sitting here and it's easy for me to say. And as I say, I said last week, it's uh, it, we shouldn't be shouting, uh, be talking to we Joe doing the pub. We should be we should be going there and and putting our questions in. But I, I find that the the people that ask the questions. They're ready with a question, but they weren't ready for the reply because there were, there, were, there were so many things that they could have. And when 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 uh, Bygrove was talking about the the, the Myers, somebody could have said, "Yeah, but is that not giving tickets to people that can afford it, and the people that can't afford it, that can't afford to pay a tenner every week, that 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 can't afford to to buy shirts and can't." Why, why, why are they not? Why can't they get tickets? And that's that's the things that I, I I think there's a lot of the same way with, with Club 18. So with that the, the the woman Fox, she asked a question, and she got a, a pretty easy answer. Yeah, we'll, we'll make the football for the five years. It went over five. What we're we going to do in the next five years? And it just says, well, we're going to get a team that's put uh, put out in the, out the field. We're going to win this. We're going to win that. And she says, okay, that's it. Thanks. And I thought, is that are you just going to accept that as an answer? There, there must be surely a deeper uh, thought to your question. Why did you ask that question? Because that was an easy answer, and that's that's just. Uh, I, I I I just think the, the the people that ask questions were uh, just didn't they they thought about the original question, but they didn't think about the answer and what they would reply to the answer. Sticking with you, Davy, um, the net. The other one that Alex asked, which 
it's interesting. I've not seen very many people talk about that. It wasn't discussed um, about the fans' treatment in Seville. Um, also, that was a big, big, really important topic for everybody at the time. Uh, but it has kind of fallen away. That's quite disappointing that there wasn't any update um, on that. I can understand, again, the Australian debacle because that's an ongoing court case and they can almost get out of that um, by saying, oh, there's an ongoing court case, we can't discuss it. But surely an update on the communication with UEFA would, would have been nice to hear the fact that they've no, even to hear that they've no forgot about what the, the fans went through in Seville. David Thomason, sorry. Sorry, I've 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 watched the the, the question. What was your question, Colin? Sorry. Well, let me you... answer. I'll I'll, I'll step Aye. in. So, the in terms of the the Seville, and and questions were asked quite legitimately. And one of the guys, you know, I was with, uh, he's, he's he takes a walking stick, and the, the the police would want to take his walking stick off him. He says, if I don't have this walking stick with me, I won't get in the ground. So you know, and all of this is is getting lost in translation. And then the police start getting quite aggressive as to, you know, whether he can take the stick in or not until one of the women police officers who did speak English come in and stepped in and then had to persuade the other police officer to it. So all these instances, there's a lot, and there'll be lots of them, people with inhalers, all medication, all, all manner of stuff. And that, that should have been fed back to UEFA. Rangers should have got a response from UEFA, which should have been fed back to the fans. We've heard nothing. Silencio is what we've had. And these are exactly the communications that I'm speaking about in terms of the ongoing communication between the Rangers support and, and Rangers as an institution, Rangers as a club, you know, from the board, from the management team to the support. We just don't have it, which is why we they, they end up, you know, so uncomfortable sitting on that stage, just terrified as to what's going to come next. And then, the, the you know, with the, we had the guy on asking about COVID and, you know, and all of that, you know, which is... She's a bit left field to, to be. No, but fair play. I'm I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't spend any more time talking about that. I'm glad they just moved on for that question. That was but, mental. But Colin, the, the point is that issue was important to that guy, and 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 Stuart Robertson just said next question. Totally disregard the guy. You know, so is that fair? Is his question less relevant than any other question? No, no, that's and, a fair point. <laughs> And and I, I'm thinking, you know, the, it shouldn't have been. That's not the forum for that discussion, anyway. You know, so the, the but they wanted to go through with it. You know, they probably sat outside, right? Let's get in here. You know, it's only going to be an hour. Let's get in, get it over with, and get out. And that that's the level of communication we have with our board. And I th I think it's uh, it isn't good enough. It's not good enough because they just they just want to keep your arms left, just say the absolute minimum to get them off that stage and out the door. That's the only communication that they want to have with Rangers support. Despite the Rangers, you know, they, they want to talk about finances and, you know, and have in lovely presentations about finance when the biggest source of finance are in the room and uh, they don't really want to communicate with them. I just think it's a uh, poor form. And that's why fan representation should be, uh, should be ongoing, which is why I would want fan representation on the board so that they can be challenged on an ongoing basis about issues that, that, that you know they think they're uncomfortable with, and they think we, they probably won't understand, and we we don't do, we don't have to answer to them. Well, they should have to answer to us. I think the the board had sort of a guessed what questions were going to come, and they had answers right away to take the wind out the sails of the question. And 
because it was virtually every question they they had an answer to it, and it wasn't really an answer, but it was a sort of a half answer that would sort of a shut shut everybody up right away. And I, I think it was all planned from the. I mean, that, but that's what politicians do as well, isn't it? They give they give half answers and get out the questions quick as they can, and that that's what the board done. They were, yeah, they were there planned to, to give more answers. Yeah, not a I think the I think the big theme here is that there's not an open dialogue between the support or sections of the support to channel into the club. Um, because you're right, a lot of these issues, they sh- we sh- somebody said in the comments, an hour and a half is far too little a time to take questions of everything that's happened at an institution like Rangers over a year. There should be ongoing dialogue. So for you're right, that, that gentleman who had issues with COVID, there should be a forum for him to, to raise that for the the parking, for the tickets. There should be forums, but we don't have that. Um, and on that ongoing communication, uh, it's... We, we don't have an SLO for that, Colin. Oh, fuck knows what he does. Uh, I mean, surely, surely the, the, we should be able to get in touch with, with the likes of parking problems. Surely that's a problem that the, the SLO should, should, so, should be in contact that, with the club. That's the problem here, David. You and I are guessing. I'd imagine that the SLO is there for that, but the fact that we don't know and there's no there's no <coughs> clear line, clear channels that we follow, that's um, aye, that, that's that's a huge issue um, because the, the SLO, I don't envy his job at all because uh, he'll have a, a really difficult job, but... Like there has to, he can't be the only channel of communication. There has to be other platforms for for different issues. So the point I was leading to there is um, they went through the finances of the Champions League income and how this is going to impact next year's uh, financial results. Which, in isolation, that's very good to do, but it's off the back of the misinformation spread between the support and the media and the club not being forthcoming with information in terms of what the plan is and how Champions League income is going to impact us, which has led to a bit of a, a bit of crossroads where we all thought we were going to be getting a 40 million windfall, but in actual fact, that's not, that's not the case. This is too late to be doing that. We should have we should have known what the impact of the Champions League was going to be before we go in there. And again, this is just a board no being forthcoming with communication. One positive I do want to um well I think it's a positive, I want to get your thoughts on it, gents. Um start with you, David Tomlinson. The the they're going to integrate new disabled uh, disabled access seating, uh, moving them away from the the enclosures, which are the worst seats in the house for um, for disabled fans, and scattering them around the rails or the uh, between the rails and the the rear of the fronts um, along the Copeland and the Brilman, and then the main standing got Sandy Jardin as well. Uh, I think this is long overdue. Um, I think it's a, a really positive step, um, and speaking to disabled supporters. Is something they've been they've been looking for more support and better access for a long, long time. Yeah, it should have been done years ago, shouldn't it? I mean, this is a the sort of a horse's tail. It, it should be this. This I mean, we shouldn't even be discussing this now. This this should be it should have been done years ago. It should actually have been done when um, Ibrox was redeveloped the uh, the last time. It should it shouldn't have been. Uh, 
it should have been one of the first things on the on the people's minds then. Um, I don't know why it wasn't, but uh, it's certainly strange that the. I mean, we're living in in, in twenty twenty two, going into twenty three, and now we're just talking about uh, the the. The disabled uh, supporters get a decent seat, a decent toilets. From from what I've heard, the toilets are absolutely uh, terrible. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's quite unbelievable we're having this discussion at this uh, in 2023. Um, because uh, yeah, I, I mean we're having a hell a lot of this. Uh, there's a lot. Of, I, I mean I don't know what it's like in in, in Britain now, but there seems to be. Uh, every every kind of discussion, uh, you, you've got these players wearing armbands at the World Cup, are not allowed to wear armbands at the World Cup, and you've you've got all these things going on. But it, it's, it's as I say, it's uh, it, it, anything that, that's going to help the disabled at Ibrox uh, is going to uh, is going to be great, and hopefully the board say it's going to start in twenty twenty three. I think hopefully they get it together. Hopefully it's not just another. Uh, uh, cry in the wind. Uh, the, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, oh, sorry, we've not got the the, the the funds for it. Hopefully, it's going to happen, and uh, and it, it is really positive if it will happen. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, so the plans for um, beginning to implement this uh, should begin in the summer of 2023. And again, David Parker, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Um, and I know it, it may take a wee bit of rejigging on some season ticket holders, but I think it's for the greater good. Um, I, I really, I struggle to find too much of a negative to say about this. Can I just no, say one thing? David, can I say one thing before you come in? All we've seen up until now is that somebody can make nice PowerPoints. That's all we've seen up until now. Yeah, because I mean, in principle, it's the correct thing to do. It's it's a bit short in detail, you know. So all the season ticket holders who currently occupy the seats affected, has anyone been consulted? Because I'm maybe a wee bit sceptical because I think this was just uh, announced on the eve of the AGM with because it's something that they need to do. It's something that they announced at last year's AGM that they would be looking at, and then we get move on forward one year, and then they announce what's going to start next year. And I think uh, the chappy who was in the far, as we're looking at it, left-hand side of the stage says that it's going to start summer 2023, but the the, the detail of it, exactly how it's going to happen is, is yet to be worked out. So and all they have announced is, in principle, that the 
disabled facilities will be upgraded long, I mean, long overdue. That's it's just it's a stain on us that, I mean, they probably, you know, in the early 80s when we they refurbed the stadium, uh, it probably wasn't politically, if nothing else, that the issue that it is today, but but now it is, so that they, they should be uh, they should be in place. Hopefully, that and that that's now the thing on their way because they didn't go back on that. Now it's you know that's no, they can't. They, can't, they absolutely can't. can't they, they made a bed with that. Um, so, gents, I'm going to turn to football and matters, but still sticking with the AGM and uh, more. Like more specifically, the questions levelled at Ross Wilson. I just want to call out a couple of questions. Um, a couple of forecasting about the Club 1872 fiasco and Gary Lyle asking about um, Club 1872 refusing to sign non-disclosure agreements. Um, so that was an interesting point um, where the club, uh, the club and t- the board and Club 1872 are both saying that they're open to a um, line of communication with each other. The club want a non-disclosure agreement on board. Club 1872 want to share the details in the minutes. So I think this is just really party politics, if I'm being honest, um, for both sides. Um, and I think that will just really be, for me, that's just Park against King, really. Um, and Park using the, the Rangers board and King using Club 1872. Colin, can I just say that that would be the sole reason for Club 1872 to be on the board? was to make it public, you know, to make things transparent so that it's not all done in a smoke-filled room and we just get fed, we get kept at arm's length. The whole reason for Club 1872 to be in the room was to be able to make it public as to what's being discussed. What are the issues? What are the priorities? Do the Rangers support agree with that and and influence those priorities and decisions? That would be the whole reason for them being there. I'm quite happy that Club 1872 wouldn't touch any non-disclosure agreement because it's... The, you can come into the room and, and sit and, and, and take part in the boardroom meetings as long as you don't tell anyone. That's that's just uh, that that's an alarm bell on its own for me. Why they would why they would is, want a non-disclosure agreement? Is there an element where there, there is going to be um, sensitive matters distrust at any board level or any company which can't always be shared with the the public? Yeah, well, then, then, yeah, they sh- then they should say that. They, 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 with there'll be certain matters, financial matters, you know, there'll be you know stuff which will affect share price, which you can't make public, you know, which you're absolutely legally bound not to disclose. Never mind. Uh, so there's no NDA required. You know, it's the law of the land. So it would be, uh, but certainly that that can't be true of all subject subjects. You know, no. So, but again, when I'm saying party politics. Club eighteen seventy two aren't showing a full hand with that, and that is the Rangers board, and this is just their argument going back and forth, um, and just trying to get the headlines, um, get the best headline to get favour in the Rangers support. I don't think um, you're going to get um, full disclosure for either party. Kind of what their game is at the moment. That's just my gut feeling. Which is a shame because we should be more transparent. That's why I say, Colin. I don't think that I don't really know why fans should be on the, on the board because there are things that you can't talk about uh, that are discussed that, that that you just can't release. I mean, we were all absolutely going up in arms that the, the Daily Record got information from, well, Kenny Miller get the blame for it at the, the end up, but um, we were all up in arms that Kenny Miller was given, given the Daily Record uh, information. And when you're a board, 
and you invite some fans onto the board, then it's a really good chance that information is going to get leaked. So, I mean, I can see it from that point of view. And as I say, we were all up in arms at the leaks from from Rangers pre-Gerard. Gerard seemed to, to sort it out that there was no information come out. Although I must admit, why why there's, there's sort of a the, the Rangers management team don't give out uh, over injured players and how long they're going to be. I mean, I understand that you can't always judge how long a player's going to be out injured, but that kind of information. But I, I can I can quite see that um, that a board that a board doesn't want to 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 bring in a spy. Really, do I mean that's that's what it could be. I'm not saying it would be, but it could be. I think there's a difference be, between having general fans on it and just having, I don't know, having everybody for the Gallant Few broadcast on the, the table for um, for team biscuits when they're talking about their finances. That's different for fan representation. I think um, so the idea that Club 1872's vision was always that they would have someone from someone elected from Club 1872 to go and sit in that board. So not everything... <laughs> The day to day and every conversation wouldn't always be shared, but somebody who Club eighteen seventy two knew would have their best interests at hearts would be able to go and represent them on that board. And I think Alex Kelly makes a really good point. If the board had discussed the sailing tournament with a representative with Club eighteen seventy two, I'm a betting man, and I would say that we, they might have put a put a bit of pushback onto that because they're more in tune with what the Club 1872 members would want. Yeah, they would, they would be bound by, you know, the chief executive and, and some sort of collective responsibility. But there should be some transparency. If there are issues which uh, are, are being discussed at that boardroom, which, which you know, the fan representative would be uncomfortable, then he would be quite within his rights to make that known to the Rangers support and saying, Here's what here's what's being discussed, and here's here's where we're headed. You know that the Rangers fans should have a vote. It should not. I don't know why they want to be so secretive about everything. You know, certain financial information I can go with, but not whether we have uh, safe standing. Not whether we can. You know what what how's the negotiations with UEFA regarding the the fiasco? You know of the fans treatment in Seville. There would have been, you know, there would be fed information. There would be a fed back, and 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 information would go back up the line to say, you know, no, we're not happy with UEFA. We want, uh, you know, we want this up the priority list in terms of a response get of the board getting a response from UEFA. So I, I don't think that dialogue and and that pressure, if you want to call it, would is is necessarily a bad thing for Rangers because, you know, when it's all done, you know, behind closed doors and the. the and they just come and tell tell you at the front door, you know, Christ. And I'm thinking of Craig White here, you know, is or or David Murray when they just come down the stairs and just announce it at the front doors. Maybe if someone was in the room and and you know was advocating alternatives, other options, other priorities, that that we would be a lot better off. I don't think that uh, the the boardroom, you know, have a monopoly of wisdom. So I would be uh, guarded against anyone who. Who tells me we, we don't need to tell you everything, you know? So well, now that you've told me that, I think you do. Aye. So, so forty minutes in, and let's talk about some on-field matters. And so, um, a few questions have come in, but I think um, I think David Heard summed it up there quite, aye, quite well. Ross Wilson got a slightly rough way 
rough ride, sorry, but nowhere near enough. So, David Tomlinson, um, your thoughts on the questions posed to Ross Wilson? Take yourself off mute before you answer, please. <laughs> my, week, my weekly feeling. Um, I think he got off very, very lightly. I think, uh, as I say, he got, he got quite a few questions. But and it, the original answer he gave, and nobody followed up on it. That's to go back my 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 what I said a minute ago that nobody seemed to follow up on the the boy that that, that asked about. Um, he asked Ross. Um, sorry, um, what's his name now? Um, the the the. CEO, he asked Robertson. him, uh, yeah, John Rob, uh, Robertson, yeah, um, he asked him, uh, is Ross Wilson the right man for the job? Not in the words, but in this, that's, that's what he meant. And he, he got an answer, yeah, which you expect that you're, you're going to get. And it's unfortunate he picked out the, he went in too much detail with Bakuna, giving a £2 million. If he had just said he was a mess, then, uh, then he, he, he would have probably. I mean, it's easy for me sitting here. I'm sitting here in a way in a wee room in Germany, thinking this out, and I've, I've, I've thought, I've had a day to think about what uh, what's happened. But uh, he's obviously there in the heat of the moment and uh, asking that question. But I just think it's it's a pity. Then think and, and have you seen today? Uh, and, and I think it was a record. The, the, they done a, a splash on uh, on the players that have been in failure under uh, under Wilson and or all the players that come in, and if you see the players that were they were actually a mess, then he could have had a far bigger list of misses, and uh, and and actually put Ross Wilson a lot more in trouble. But Wilson got off really really light, and when when he said Wilson says yeah, but I'm only part of a team. The direct question for me would would, or the, would be, uh, yeah, but you are the main part of that team. You are the man that's supposed to bring that team together to make good decisions and not make decisions that are wrong for the club. And that's what's been happening. You have you have been making uh, decisions like the Hearts player uh, who's, who's been missed 40 games for Hearts, Suter. Uh, it's, uh, they could have put a lot more pressure on it. But they, I don't know whether they don't get a certain amount of time to answer questions or they're only allowed to answer once one question. I don't know. But uh, I think it, it, they could have put them under an awful lot more pressure with, with the questions that they got at them. The, the most concerning thing about everything you said there, David Thompson, was the fact that you bought the daily record. Um, that's that's a, a dagger through my heart. But um, well, I didn't buy it. I, I, I took off <laughs> the internet, uh, from right. from one of yeah. our one of our football uh, websites. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you away with it then. Um, the David Park. Um, I think Ross Wilson, he's obviously no guy to just put his hands up and say, oh, what am I like? I fucked up. Um, he's very... What, what, what he said in his defence was that Stephen Gerrard, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and now Michael Beale will all ha- had and will have the final say on players. So there's probably two questions there. Do you take that at face value? And if you do take it at face value... um. 
is that enough to excuse him of any flack, or does it does it lessen the flack he has if if the manager's picking the players? Well, first of all, I would I thought it was bizarre that Ross Wilson actually you know made a virtue almost of of the guy getting the figures wrong. So, well, see if you were to tell us what the figures are, Ross. Yes, transparency would avoid that. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have got them wrong. You know, and, and, and you say, ah, you got the figures wrong. So, well, it, that's the problem exactly in a nutshell. But in terms of, he should have the first say, Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard and, and Gio should have the first say and the last say. He should be out there, you know, contacting players, dealing with agents, finding out if there's, uh, if this can if this is a gore or not, you know, so kind of doing the, the donkey work of, of transfer signings, drawing up short lists and then go through it with the manager, with the football staff and say, here's, here's a, a list I've drawn up. What do you think? But the, he should just be the, the, the workhorse and all that. He's not the, uh, the decision maker in terms of what player we should be signing or not. I mean, that's just nuts. I just don't get it. I mean, and I know the, the stories were that Gio would, would be handed players to, to take to the training ground and make a team out of. I just find that utterly bizarre. I, I don't know how professionals would, professional football men would, would work under that. I just can't see Michael Peel being told by Ross Wilson, about I found you a new left back from bloody Estonia. And, and here he is, he's he's on the plane and he'll, we'll get him picked up and over to Okinawa for you. I just think that's, that's bonkers. But Ross Wilson, you know, and telling him, but by the way, you got your figures wrong. So, well, ain't that the problem? That, that we don't know. It's all smoke and mirrors, you know, and, and they, they'll, they'll, they will paint themselves in a good light. Oh, it's, you know, and he, it's, ah, but Bakuna, we actually made money in Bakuna. He's still shite, though. So, it's, uh, I, I don't get it. Ross Wilson, for me, is just a buffoon. I just, uh, and I don't see the what he's doing. The fact that it went on to that that fan saying the wrong figures, um, and again, like we are we are speaking in jest. David Thompson made a very good point. It's easy for us to sit in a daft wee podcast saying should have asked that, should have asked that. It takes a bit of balls to go up and ask a question in front of all those people. Um, yeah. So fair play, everybody did. Um, but the fact that Ross Wilson clung on it, he's seen a lifeline there. He's seen he right, something I can maybe bat this away with instead of wholeheartedly answering the question. Um, so, David Thompson, I think, um, obviously, much to all our displeasure, Ross Wilson doesn't really want to go anywhere. Um, the fact that he was on there, he was given that platform on the board, um, the board are backing him publicly at the AGM. I think um, it's clear that they see him as part of part of the plan so I think how do you see this relationship working with Michael Beale and Ross Wilson do you see Beale getting more out of Ross Wilson I think the reason I ask that question Gerard had an aura um, Gerard was a a powerhouse of a global name in football so he carried more weight at the club Gio was a big name but I got the impression that he didn't carry as much weight. So in terms of players coming in and the types of players that Ross Wilson will be suggesting in Mick Beale, how do you see this relationship working? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I can't look into the future, so I, I don't don't really know. But one one thing, um, just to, to go back to one thing you said about the, the daily record, um, it's, it's it's always good, and it's what the board done. I I, I think 
it's always good to know what the enemy are doing. And I think that's what the board done as well. They knew, they, 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 they read the Rangers websites as well. They knew exactly how what the supporters think. And, and they were ready for all these questions. Um, what Bill and, and, and Wilson, I, I can't, I, I think Bill would have been crazy to take the job if Ross Wilson is running the show. I mean, he must look at that now. He must have looked at what Wilson had brought in in the past. And yeah, the, 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 the list, uh, I, I don't know whether he wants to go into that list because it'll take quite a while, I think. Um, but the list of misses that he had. Uh, is, is quite unbelievable. I mean, he he said he mentioned, uh, yeah, you're leaving out the, the good ones, but I can assure you because through the whole list, there's a lot more misses than there is good ones, and even even the good ones, the likes of Tillman, who who gets a pass, he's still to prove himself. He's uh, he's had a few good games, but he's had a few bad, bad, bad games. So it's just, it's different, and he's only 21, so it's expected that he has a few bad games. But uh, no, I, I I I think I I can't see Bill walking into the same mess. Although I, I don't know, I, I I was one for Bill coming in, but see the last few days, see the way he talks, it looks to me to be un- really bumming up to the board. Oh, I'm really friends with the board, and I'm really friends. And Ross, my friend, he didn't say that, but uh, <laughs> are you paraphrasing there? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, that's uh, I sort of I, I don't like that part. I just uh, just say you're in your job. Don't start bombing up the you're board. You're just and, uh, looking for something to be unhappy about, and you 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 cried for Bill for months. Now you're looking for the negatives. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I still I still think he'll be a good manager. But I, I just I, I just didn't like that that sort of a way he went. I, I, I mean, I didn't like the way he gets get sort of a. Whistle wickled in front of the Scottish Cup and uh, and and get a part of questions from a from a female. I, I, I didn't really get that, but I didn't I didn't think that. Why didn't he just go in front agenda, of the? Right, cut you off there because we're a gender neutral, gender friendly uh, podcast, Davy. So let's uh, let's avoid let's avoid us being in the daily record tomorrow. Um, no, but just, just, it was a part of the meeting that that I, I just yeah don't think. He, he should have just went up to the desk and, and let fans ask him questions. That, that would that that would have been better for me because I think that was supposed to happen. That there was a question and answer for Bill, but it never happened. No. So, just touching on uh, on probably the last point about the company, gentlemen, um, and it kind of leads on a, a point that I shared for Alex Kelly again. Um, the squad wage bills increased for twenty four million in twenty nineteen. To thirty-seven million in twenty twenty-two, so I think um, when you actually look at all the players coming in and out and the and the finances, we have spent money. I know it's not a popular um, opinion, but over the last few years, this board have spent money. It's where the money's went um, and how we've invested that in the playing squad is not quite worked out. So this leads me on the the big talking point of today: Ross Wilson tried to redeem himself, David Pollock. Is Ryan Porteous the man to get Ross Wilson back in the good books? Mm, do you know what? I, I almost want Ryan Porteous to sign because I think that will be the end of Ross Wilson. He is, <laughs> he is an, an absolute imposter because the 
see that wee exercise when someone reminded of you know of the valuation of the squad, which and he said that he then immediately batted it to Dave King saying they were worth this, and now you know and now they're 103 million and what's what's the squad worth these days? Then he kind of rubbished the numbers, but he took part in the exercise, but because it looks bad on the way back, uh, oh no no we don't want to uh, hang our hats on that. I think uh, Ross Wilson's star has uh, is waning. Because there's no way in God's earth, you know, with the the daily record, you you know, probably following the range of support. I think the range of support have made up their mind. They made up their mind in Geo, and look how that ended up. And they've made up their mind in Ross Wilson. And this is only going to go one way for Ross Wilson, I'm afraid. Michael Beale is holding all the aces here. So if Michael Beale would would just slip a note to one of those daily record guys that, you know, that any signing has been foisted on him, that will be stopped. PDQ. Ross is shot. And uh, the, amongst the range of support, he's now become, I think it's, it's it, we're moving from anger to to, to contempt. And, and, and it, is, it, will strip, it will quite quickly be ridicule. Ross is, uh, and he, I don't know whether he knows it, the board probably, you know, I think Stuart Robertson will probably have a wee inkling that Ross is uh, isn't going to get away with this much longer. I, I and I think Ryan Ports just might just push him over the edge. So maybe that's that's just the guy that we need to do it, <laughs> bring th- bring things to a head. So Ryan Ports is Jesus Christ. You know, I'm thinking, just thinking of the forty him standing over Alfie. You know, when you know screaming abuse at him and some of that. And like, hold on a minute. And now he's one of the good guys. Who who are we? Who are we? And who you know, else that, do we need to drop our drawers to? You know? Whoa, <laughs> Gary Lyle probably sums up um, some of my thoughts on it as well. So he's he is talented, and Gary's calling out that he's the type of player who you love having your team, but I hate playing against and. I'm kind of the other side of that um, coin, although I do agree with the sentiment where I've said time and time again on this podcast since we started, the most frustrating thing with Ryan Porteous, um, and I'm going back to 2019 here, is there is talent there. He does have the making and the potential to be a really, really good footballer, and he is coming on in his game, but he's always been far too interested in obtaining his hard man image and playing up to the Ned Gallery and the Hibernian support. And I think he just attracts trouble and he's warmed to trouble. And in the current state of affairs in the Rangers, I don't think he's I don't think he's worth the signing. I really don't. I think we can get better, less hassle. I think we can I get the I get the idea that we need to start filling the, the Scottish quarter, but I don't think he's the answer. I, I really don't. I don't see him improving the Rangers' defence. He doesn't get in ahead of Golston or Ben Davies when they're back. Leon King, over the next 18 months, will develop in a much stronger centre-half. It's a no for me. David Tomlinson, what do you think? Well, first of all, I totally disagree with Davy. I think uh, I remember Mo Johnson I remember fans, oh, I'm going to burn my scarf and I'm going to, or I'll never come back to Ibrooks again. I think the first game Ibrooks was was absolutely bulging at the seams. Uh, so uh, the same happened with Kenny Miller, other players. I'm going to, I'm going to burn my scarf and I'm doing this. 
a few few games later in, as soon as Mo Johnson scored the first goal, that was it. Everybody was great. And that'll happen if Portis does come in. I just want to say, I think the whole, the, the whole thing's a load of crap. I don't even think that we're, we're, we're interested in them. I think we're, we're all hearing these stories from uh, from oh, from my, my auntie, my auntie's wee brother and the neighbours from the and they, they uh, heard a story from somebody that's in the know and uh, and it's, it's it's just there's nothing official from MD. In fact, I, I believe Hibs have said they've never heard anything from Rangers. Uh, so I, I I just don't think it's going to happen. But uh, I think he's a very talented f- footballer if he puts his mind to it. I think the whole thing, uh, if he does come in, will be coaching. I think Beal is probably the best coach for him uh, because I think Beal will, will, will get him in his, his, his place. I think Beal's a really good man manager. Uh, so, and to be honest with you, I, I, the fact that Rangers supporters hate him, actually, I quite like that. Because see, the likes of Shane Duffy come in when the Rangers supporters loved him. When he was playing with Celtic, <laughs> I would, I, I would hate that. So I'm, I'm, I, the fact that Rangers supporters hate him, it means, and I've no, I've absolutely no problem with it. I mean, I, I hate that he tries to injure players. That don't get me wrong that way, but I, I think that the the the, the a, a player is, is hard. I think we we need. I, I don't think if we find anything wrong with that. Um, I, I, and and I, I, I think I think he would. Uh, I think if they could get good coaching and, and get him, uh, I mean the way he played for Scotland a few weeks ago, he was he was he was absolutely yeah brilliant. I wouldn't say, but he was good. So I, I think there's there's definitely talent in there. Uh, and I, I, as I say, I, I would hate to think the Rangers supporters liked them because because we scored four goals against them and ten goals against them. That, that would be that would, that would be horrible. Dave, let me so just I, say, I don't, I don't want Maybe yeah. maybe you misunderstood me because I, I don't care whether Ryan Porches signs for Rangers or not. I will be supporting Rangers when Ryan Porches has been and gone. He's he's they come, they go. He's just another hired hand. I think the guy is actually no a bad football player. I mean, he's now a Scotland international and he actually played quite well when he did play for Scotland. What I don't want is a guy who goes out there, you know, hacks everyone, it, it, the penalties that he gives away, the bookings that he takes, sending offs. He's he's Alfredo Morelos Mark too. He doesn't play for Hibs. He doesn't play for and he won't be playing for Rangers. He'll be playing for Ryan Porches. He's just there's that wee selfish streak in him, which I don't think we need. Not at the level of ability he's got. So if he comes to Rangers, I'll be in the club deck as I always am. And I'll be in the club deck when Ryan Porches is gone. So it matters not a jot to me whether whether he comes in or not. I just think we could do better. Uh, I don't think- David, oh, no, there's, there's, there's very few players that, that are, are in there totally for Rangers. I mean, they all come in and they all kiss the badge and then they get they, they sign for uh, another team over a, a year or two and then they're kissing that badge. It, it, it's all these days, it doesn't matter. You don't get players anymore. Well, you do maybe McGregor and uh, I think he's a, still at heart a, a Red Ranger supporter. But the likes, I mean, Yanis Hadji, I'll, I'll pick him as... I mean, he comes in and he, he'll, he'll kiss the badge just now. But when somebody comes in, they offer him good money to go, go to go to another team. He'll be kissing that badge as well. That's just the way modern football is, and that's that's the way and it'll be. I, I I've no issue with that at all. Um, 
But I'm, mm. I'm on the same terms as David Park. It's how you apply yourself when you're there. Um, <laughs> Whether I, you're I part mean, of the team or not. I, and I, I just don't see Ryan Portis being, buying an AL, adding value to what we what we currently have and what we're going to try and build under Michael Beal. But I've been I've been wrong many a time in this podcast, so no doubt he will sign tomorrow. But, I don't think he'll be coming, Colin. I, 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 I think it's all the crap. Aye, and the, the reason I, a lot of listeners asked about it in the questions as well, um, I, I thought it was worthwhile talking about because it has been a hot topic. Um, I don't, there is interest and I'm long-term interest in them for the championship. And um, speaking to his fans, they all seem to believe that he'll be going down to the championship. Um, they don't think there's any in the, the Rangers rumours or the smaller Celtic rumours, so it might just be paper talk. We've seen that time and time again. Um, but watch this space. So I think that's as good a time as any, folks, to to wrap it up for this week. Um it's been it's been a good first night back. Um, cut a comment came in. Um, I've don't have my gallon few mug. I've got my um, Colin McDuff has tits mug uh, for MD. Um, that was wonderful. What that is it was a nice wee birthday present for the for, for the listeners uh, listening on Spotify and Apple. It's a lovely wee mug of a drawn with me with a lovely set of breasts with the caption Colin McDuff has tits. If MD was wondering. Um oh, Dave, this is the time you return that that gender thing. Just have a go on. <laughs> Gender so, equality and all that. Uh, on that note, um, gentlemen, I'm going to ask you for a goodbye to the listeners and a prediction for your friendly on Saturday against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I'll start with you, David T, since um, you've got a foot in both camps, being a man on the continent. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. And uh, thanks for all the listeners. From It still amazes me that there's listeners from... Uh, Los Angeles and uh, all different parts of the of the world. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't really. I, I think it, it, it'll be a friendly. I think it'll be one of these games. We'll probably play one team in the first half, one team in the second mm-hmm. half. Uh, obviously, the manager will want to see everybody. Um, at Leverkusen, they're obviously a good team. They're, I think they're sixth in the German league. One thing that I thought was quite funny was that the Germans uh, put their league off to the 22nd of January because because they thought they would be getting to the final. So I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> One of the first top teams out. And uh, no, um, yeah, what is uh, the, the Bundesliga? They've not, they're not the same height as they were in, the, in days gone by. So I, I think the Leverkusen team that beat us a few years ago I don't think it's the same class as that team. So I, I think, yeah, it's a friendly. I, I think maybe I'll go, go for a two-two draw or something like that. A draw? <laughs> a draw? <laughs> <laughs> the, the scandal. I'm not, I'm not confident enough yet for a win. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot what Bill Ball looks like. Um, no, thanks for coming on, mate. And as always, thanks for coming on, Davey P. Oh, good to be back, guys. Aye. The AGM, I mean, I've I've never really paid that much attention to the AGM, but I watched the video. And I, we did a couple of years ago when Dave King was uh, ousting the spivs, but uh, with the questions and answer session, God almighty, it was... Uh, I just I was just thinking Stony Burn Bowling Club. <laughs> that was my, my takeaway from that. But looking forward to uh, Saturday, I'll go for 2-1 Rangers victory. Get the Beal regime off to a, a flying start. Off to a flyer. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, 
I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a, a glamorous one 0 victory over Rangers. Um, I think, um, I think Rangers will be up for this more than by a Leverkusen. Um, I think we the players have a bit more of a point to prove. Prove. Um, it will be very much a turning game for Bayern, and I think we will take it a bit more seriously because. Uh, they need to, they need to get a figure out their arse. Um, so, 1-0 Rangers. That's everything from us. As always, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, great to see all the comments coming in and enjoy your weekend. We're back. We are the people. <laughs>